Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, it wouldn't be an SC Report podcast if I didn't stuff up the intro. I reckon we need a blooper reel of these by the end, Lakey. I think I've stuffed up every single time you've come on. I'm pressing the wrong button, playing the wrong theme song. Finally got it there. <laughs> We're here to talk. Round 16, TLT and Trades. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm doing all right, man. I'm um, recovering from yet another, let's call it a down week, but um, I'm I, I'm trying to finish strong. You know, the, you get to the... Well, let's say you're Cowboys. All you want to do is finish strong for the end of the year and have a good run into next season, and that's what I'm aiming to do with Supercoach. Giving a few of the young guys a run is that sort of thing, um, working out combinations for next year. That's exactly right. Pulling in some of the, uh, the guys who are on that um, development contracts, giving them a go, seeing what they've got, a um, couple of pod plays, seeing if they can improve the chemistry in our side. We're going to sack the coach and, and try and – Find someone new. Well, very topical for this week, mate. Um, poor old Anthony Seabold out the door. A million dollars to the better. Um, hopefully to bigger and better things for him. But, um, yeah, I mean, the board hasn't given the full support to you, have they yet? Are you checking around the shoulder? Yeah, they're. Um, I've had the tap. I've got the ultimatum. Um, have to improve. And um, it's kind of on a merry, merry coaching gig at the moment where I need a... Um, a board to pick my side for me because I can't I can't pick the undies out of my ass at the moment. Uh, what happened last week, mate? How'd you go? I think um, we were just talking off air about um, some trades that might have gone a bit awry because you were all over Johnny Bateman and uh, Joshy Mansour last week, but yeah, um, didn't end up bringing them in. No, that's right. I had it all locked in, um, and then I outthought myself. So, doing the captain's article and the team's one, I looked at Fodawaka and. He had a great matchup. Canberra allowed a lot of points to locks, and I, I sort of fell in love with that stat. So I reversed trades. Um, I thought I'll wait a week on Mansoor. I brought in Bateman and Fodawaker. Mansoor went ahead and outscored the two of those guys by himself, and Fodawaker got himself suspended for this week. So it's um, it really has been a, that sort of season for me. I can't get anything right. Oh, it definitely seems the kiss of death, mate. But sometimes we always uh, we tend to have these years. So uh, as you said, twenty twenty one won't be that far away anyway. Fingers crossed. Um, things can can heat up. But I don't know. I like the the dart throw on if you're uh, getting a few out for the rest of the year. So wait and see what uh, Lakey's team might have in store. Can't wait. I uh, won't do the rankings. I think well, we cover them in, in a fair. But you probably don't want to go into too much detail there. Um, Kirk up watch though two hundred and first. I did take a quick look. Uh, he'd been falling away, but he looks to have. Uh, 
um, yeah, stopped that little slide and, and might be climbing back up into the top 200. So looking forward to seeing where he lands. But um, Round 16 was a big team this Tuesday today. A lot of, um, well, a few surprises, a few uh, familiar faces seeing back in the sides, which is a, a great thing in the run home when we need every healthy player, healthy gun that we can get. Uh, so we're going to bring back the unpopular opinion of the week, of course, go through the game by games as well. And then because it's just so topical this week, what to do with Jason Taumalolo, another just fantastic moment in the Cowboys year. Um, season from hell, we've had about three of them now, but uh, in this instance, Taumalolo gone three weeks, I think is the, uh, the the read there. So a lot of super coaches moving him on. I think he was the highest owned player. So we'll look at a few options that we've seen floated around and see who we reckon we might land on. Uh, but yeah, Lakey, how did your team get affected by the news today or the team list that dropped? Um, is there any absolute bombs? I see Anthony Milford gone with a hammy. Yeah, so that actually helps my team. Um, with <laughs> Jay being a laid out last week, I had to bring Milford on and play him, unfortunately. And the problem was if I had have looped Cleary. Was it so unfortunate? Well, if I had have looped Cleary, I would have got Milford as an AE anyway. So there was no point me not running that that risk in the end. Uh, so Milford just continues to ruin my season. So he's been dropped and that helps me out. But other than that, the teams haven't affected my side too much. I haven't got anyone really in or out that's um, a key piece of my abysmal season. <laughs> There's a fair few, fair few on the uh, the ends list here. We've got CS9 back, Camp Munster back, Harry Grant back. Um, if you've held on to any of them, uh, probably not so much Grant, but um, any of the other guys, you're, you're absolutely cheering. SJ back as well, missed last week with the, uh, the birth of his newborn child. So congratulations to them. But um, yeah, fair few uh, bits and pieces going on. So before we get into the game by game, though, we'll start right off the bat with the unpopular opinion of the week. So we brought it back. Thought it might be a one-time only thing last week, but um, I do enjoy these sort of things there i'll let you go first mate because you ran it through this one with me last uh just while we were off air and i think it's a pretty good one um yeah there's a few other candidates i've got there but um you could be onto something here so what's your unpopular opinion of the week mine is that mansour will be the highest scoring center wing from here on out um it's kind of a big call we've got the names like nofo luma um sivo's there morris and Yao, and all those sorts of guys but Penrith have come into a really nice run um, against some lower-ranked uh, teams. Um, they play the Tigers this week, and I think he's running at that BJ Leilua, Nofoluma, um, defensive saloon doors um, combination. So he could put on another big score, and I think he's going to have a really good end to the season. No, that's a fair call. So, even is this like a matchups thing? Are you just completely ignoring Brett Morris? Like a few super coaches are, just hoping he um, goes away. He's just he's just not not leaving. Um, I don't know. I watched his game last week. He obviously was a down one for the Tigers, but whenever he's on the park, he seems to command the ball. So, and of, and of course, Mansell has been a little. Not quiet for center wing standards. He's still banging out 60s and 70s. But up until last week, I think he'd scored one try in about eight weeks. Um, if I'm looking for a center wing for the run home, I don't know if I'd be favoring a, a BMOS or someone else even on on some matchups there. But um, I reckon it's a ballsy call. And are you bringing him in this week? Just I'm, to- <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to right my wrong and get him this week. As I said, I really like what he can do. I looked at his draw last week and he, as I said, he's got a great run home. I thought the Sharks might put up a bit more of a fight, but um, as you said, Mansell is not 
for whatever reason, he's a winger who doesn't score a lot of tries. Um, but he grabbed a double last week. As I said, he plays against Nofo this week. Um, so defensively, he'll have his hands full, but on the offensive side, they might target Nofo a bit. Then he's got the Broncos, the Eels, and then the Cowboys and Dogs to finish the year off. So it's a really good run home. Um, as opposed to someone like Brett Morris, who is a, a really good play, and he does have the Broncos this week, but after that, um, Raiders, Knights, Sharks, and Rabbits to finish the year. So it's a bit tougher draw for for him. So, yeah, I really like the potential that Mansour has to finish strong. And what about Nofo, mate? Because he was a a bit of a talked-about one last week, having a a tougher run in the back end here. Before his last-minute try, um, literally last-minute, he was sitting on about, what, 30 or so? Got him up to about 68. Did that worry you? No. As I said, he got 68 on a very, what I'll say is a lucky try in the end. Um, he did really well to get that down, though. It was an unbelievable effort. But, yeah, again, uh, coming up first place, Penrith, then Manly, Rabbits, and finishes off with Storm and Eels. That's a really tough run home. No, it certainly is. We are interested to see where we get to with um, with Mansour. I know Benny G and I did a podcast a while ago, and we talked about who we thought might win each of the uh, like hooker, center wing, second row, who might be the top point scorer by the end of the year. So I think I had Mansour, but it didn't look good for a couple of months. So I think for for that sake and yours, it's a wet sail to to finish. And my unpopular opinion for the week, mate: Are you a Tohu or Jazz Tavanga owner? Yes, I'm a Tavanga owner. I got him when he was 0.6% owned, so loving him at the moment. Huge pod. Uh, What would you say if I told you that I reckon my boy Tohu Harris is going to be outscored by Jazz Tavanga for the rest of the year? I don't know. That's not really unpopular opinion with me, mate. I love that. (laughs) Not with you, mate, but I was having a a look. A lot of people still, um, not a lot after last week, I guess, but Tavanga has just been an absolute beast ever since he's uh, gotten back from injury there. Stealing some minutes off of Harris last week as well. He went off with an HIA, uh, Jazz that is, came back on after halftime and, and pushed Tohu to the bench. So I was sitting there watching the score and Tohu's sitting on the pine doing nothing. Um, if Tohu's not an 80-minute player, he's he's been drip, dropping in minutes over the last month or so, all because of Tavanga. Um, I don't know, I've been watching their games. Tohu starts in the middle, moves to the edge, whatever it might be. Um, just not liking it as an owner watching it. I see Jazz Tavanga come on and just go ballistic. So with that in mind, I reckon I might be looking at a Tohu shift on. There's, there's a lot of chefs in that kitchen, and I reckon a guy like Jazz Tavanga, um, I'm probably very late to the party here, but um, he seems to be could be pumping out 75-plus for the rest of the year. So I don't know. I think um, I'll, I've seen a fair few people bringing in Tohu this week for Lola, who we'll get to, but... I wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be too keen on that trade as an owner. No, so, so we'll see where going, that lands. The thing that's going mm. against you is when Jazz was out, Tohu was pushing into the middle and playing. He was, you know, being named on the edge and being starting the game at lock and playing a lot through the middle and getting those big base scores. But say with Tavanga there now, he's not getting those and he's relying more on attacking stats. And it's just the Warriors aren't really conducive to that. No, not at all. And Tohu even had a rare line break assist last week to bump his score up to around 67, I think it was. So without it sitting about 60-odd, which is probably where he'll he'll see the year out, I think, barring a, a miracle trial or two here and there. 
Game by game zone, let's go through like we did last week. So we'll look at the ins and outs for each of the games here for the upcoming week and then also who we reckon might be the boom and bust candidates for the week. Uh, thinking back to last week, how do you reckon you went with your boom and busts? About 50-50 or Yeah, about that. I think we started off, I, I messaged you on the Thursday night, I think, or the or the Friday night and we started off really poorly. I had um, Kikau as a bust who scored the first try of the game and you had SJ as a boom. Uh, he didn't even play. So we started we started out really well. But, you know, I nailed a couple of them, um, missed a couple, but that's, you know, 50% better than all my other calls made for this super coach season, so I'll take it. <laughs> Not a bad shout, mate. <laughs> yeah, SJ, he had a boom in life, uh, obviously that's missed right. the game, so maybe that's a boom for him. It was a bit of a bloodbath. Um, best and worst call, uh, I'm trying to think back if I even had a good one, <laughs> a really good one there. Uh, I think I said... Ponga to be the bust and Morgo to be boom. No, yeah, you did. Which uh, reverse psychology didn't work, but I'm going to use it again when we get to him. Yeah, that's fair. I can't remember what that's we not. spoke about either. Um, to be fair, it was a fair while ago. But yeah, you had Morgo boom, Ponga bust. You also had Tavanga boom. I'm just looking through the, the notes. So yeah. Oh, did I? Yeah, yeah. and you had Cleary as a bust. Claim that one. That failed you. Well, he was on about 70 after the updates and I thought, oh, that's all right. Everyone was banking on a you know, 90 plus, 100 plus or whatever with uh, the VC loop. But um, yeah, some lucky points for him. That was a bit of a controversy. I don't know if you saw the blow-ups on Twitter and all that. But, I um, did. The scoring. Let me, gave me a chuckle. If you were that concerned about this game, mate, you're going to say he's, I think the top 10, the top 10, 100 should be riding it that hard. Um, everybody else needs to take a little bit of a step back. I mean, that's what I'm doing, but I'm well behind the pack. <laughs> well, sometimes just not even looking at the updates and just waiting for Monday, that, that can help as well. I know we're all, um, anyone listening to this pod's probably enough of a fanatic to uh, not be able to do that. They'll be refreshing every uh, second, yeah, every day over the weekend, but um I guess Sometimes the, just waiting and the benefit of where I am in the standings is I've been actually able to watch the games for what they are a lot more as opposed to counting points for my guys. So I'm enjoying the football a lot more um, for what it is as opposed to trying to jack up my super coach scores because it's not working anyway. That's why I love finals. The stress of super coaches over. The Cowboys aren't even there. So you can just sit back and enjoy the footy for who it is. Uh, go anyone versus the Broncos. Not that they'll be there. Um, mate, all right. Let's, uh, so that was last week. Let's go through them. Uh, Eels and the Bunnies on Thursday night should be a good one here. Uh, ins for the Eels. They've got uh, Andrew Davey coming onto the bench there. Cheapy option from a couple of weeks ago. AE nightmare material, that stuff. And Murata near Corey out with suspension. No shuffles for them. And the Bunnies, Corey Allen, the the boy, he's 2019's favourite son, back again. Uh, in for some more with Dane Gago coming back from injury. Liam Knight as well onto the bench. Alex Johnson's been rested with concussion, had a bit of a shorter turnaround. Stephen Masters, who started uh, with a debut try, he's been dropped. And Kurt Dillon back to the extendeds as well. Uh, anything excite you there, mate? No, not overly. Um, it should be a cracking game, really. The way both teams have been playing, and especially both teams played last week, it should be a really good game. Uh, I liked what I saw from Damian Cook last week, but it was a bit of an offensive slaughter, so hopefully he can continue. But um, I was just going to ask you about Cam Murray. Uh, what's going on? Like He's not the guy. We, we all wanted him to get back in a lock so he could get up some decent scores, but he's just not doing it. Yeah, well, after the last week with that try as well. So I think he was a junk time 
uh, try candidate there fielding off a grubber, which which helped him out. But yeah, for whatever reason, just not the barnstorming runs. Is it? Do you reckon that it's the fact they've lost quite a lot of um, big men up forward? Sam Burgess obviously not there. George Burgess gone as well. Like, is it the Fords that just aren't laying the platform? Maybe, but. Um... He was one of those guys. I guess maybe it's that they're not getting the ball that they once were. He's not getting as many runs or something like that. But I just I can't put my finger on it. He seems to be trying his heart out as per, but he's just not getting the the points. Yeah, I mean, I looked at the South back at the start of the year and thought he's going to get or need to do so much work there because there's just not a lot of big work rate kind of guys around him. Jaden Sewer there as well, like Ethan Lowe floating around. Not a lot of guys that are conducive to supercoach points scoring and all that. And for whatever reason, yeah, just like Cook, he's been been quiet. But we saw what they can do when they're on last week. They did um, Cook especially. Uh, it was pretty lethal out of dummy half, set up a, a fair few tries, um, doing a, a lot of his best work, probably a little too late. He's so cheaply priced, um, but he'll need to, to be forgiven, I guess, by a lot of super coaches who might have been stung by him this year. Um, could be a good matchup for Maddo as well. We saw last week he was pretty... Um, Back to his best, I guess, after a quiet old 60-odd on return from concussion. But good to see him back and offloading at will last week. I reckon the Bunnies might have their hands full. So with all that in mind, mate, who are you going for, your boom and bust? Uh, My boom this week is Mitch Moses. Um, They're right halves, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sure he plays right half, but they're scoring just a touch under 60 points per game against the Bunnies this year, Uh, running at um, Cody Walker, I think. So um, they're having a bit of a success on that side of the field. And adversely, um, I'm going with Cody as a bust candidate. I just think he's going to have his hands full there. You know, similarly, left halves are scoring under 40 a game against um, Parramatta this year. Mm. Yeah, a bit, a bit um, staunch in defense. So I, I agree, though. I think the, the Bunnies might struggle to attack the way they did against Manly last week. That was just... Out of nowhere, that lethal sort of game. I actually didn't catch it. Did you watch this game? I checked the score, 56. Yeah, something like. I, I, had, I didn't watch it through to the end because it just got so one-sided. It was it was embarrassing for uh, Manly um, to the point where guys were um, pulling the ball out of dummy half inside their own 10-meter line and throwing an intercept to Luttrell who took two steps to dive over for a score. Like it just everything was going against Manly. Everything was going for the Rabbits. It was it was unprecedented. So they'll be very lucky to repeat that this week, and um, especially against a much better side. Oh, just fair call there, mate. Um, I've gone a pretty safe option here, Maddo. Boom. He just looked so good back um, last week. I reckon he'll uh, be primed for another big week as well. Uh, and Luttrell bust. Um, you know, last week, he's a bit of flat track bully. He definitely um, liked the roll on he was getting from the Rabbitohs forwards there and, and chimed in where he needed to, but I don't think he'll have that sort of open space this week. So uh, it might be the one uh, back to yeah Luttrell of old in this one here. Dragons and Titans, mate. Do you want to walk through ins and outs? That's an absolute cracker on the early game on Friday. Yeah. Um, Ford and Britain come in for the Dragons with Vaughan out through suspension, another dangerous um, tackle. Uh, so he's missing two weeks, I believe. And then Corbin Sims, he looked in a lot of pain, did his calf. So he's out as well. Um, Blake Laurie and uh, Jacob Host come into the starting side for the Dragons. The Titans get back Ash Taylor and Mitch Rain with Tanner Boyd and um, Pete's dropping out. 
um, Peachy going to lock, which is big, um, centering mm. eligible. Um, if you wanted to go a nice pod route, um, he'll be filling in for Fodawaka. Fermo is starting and Hipgrave's moved back to the bench. So, um, yeah, nothing. I mean, I guess the big outs for the Titans is Fodawaka. He's got, he brings a lot for the forward pack. Um, and Vaughan, let's say they're, they're two big forwards for the game and they're both sort of missing. Uh, so it'll be a back sort of game, don't you think? Well, yeah, there's a lot of candidates there. You've got you and Aiken, uh, Zach Lomax on one side, my boy from last week, my bust, big bust, Brian Kelly. Um, he'll be primed for a, a big one, I'm hoping. And, um, yeah, you know, you just never know. And AJ Brimson, of course, he'll uh, he'll be looking at those sort of um, rookie or uh, yeah, less juice in the legs kind of forwards that the, the Dragons have got now filling in. So this could be a very, very open game. Might just check the weather. Um, maybe you should walk me through your, your boom and bust candidates for this week. Yeah, I'm going with AJ Brimson as a boom candidate. I like the way he's been going about it this year since he's come back from injury. Had that huge game. Um, was it against your boys? It was, yeah. He had a wow. 100 and then a 90 last week. Yeah, so he's playing really well and he's getting involved. So I really like the way he's going about it. Um, and Dufty as a bust. Um, Ooh. Yeah, he's had a good year, a very good year. But as I've said a couple of times in my captain's posts, just they're, they're holding fullbacks very quiet lately. Um, Teddy struggled against them, you know, um, a couple of weeks back. So I think Dufty might be their next victim. Very interesting call, mate. Um, yeah, I mean, he was your boom candidate last week and he got 59, Matty Dufty. So yeah, not the worst yeah. score in the world. But, um, yeah, interesting times when we're calling these defensive uh, miserly Titans players. What a year it is. Mm. Um, boom for me, Tyron Peachy. I don't know. I really like that um, lock switch. I reckon he's uh, he's been a tackle, bit of a tackle-busting machine so far this year. Coming in off the bench is a bit of a, um X-factor kind of player. But just looking at some of the defenders in that Dragons lineup, it doesn't look like they're going to stick to many tackles. Um, so I reckon having a guy like Peachy roam across the field and potentially even link up with um, AJ Brimson, which would be nice as a new owner of AJ. Um, but, yeah, it could be in for some very big tackle-busting offload sort of stats. So interested to see what they do with him there minutes-wise. But Tyron Peachy could have a little day out. And the bust, uh, Ash Taylor's back. Um, yeah, Probably not much um, to be said here. J- Jamal Fogarty, outside of getting run down by a 200-kilo man, is, uh, yeah, having a great year for the Titans. Fogarty's come out today and said he wants to get rid Did of his phone because he's getting tagged in that, um, in that video. He's, <laughs> <laughs> he's sick of seeing it, so he wants to get rid of the phone. It was a great chase for Papa. He just didn't quit. That's what you want to see from a Maroons oh, guy going to origin, Certainly, mate. That's about all I care about at this stage, uh, season-wise, or avoiding the wooden spoon. But um, bring on the state of origin. Roosters and Broncos. Speaking of crack at games, um, just quickly, what do you reckon score prediction for this one? It was, what, 59? So over under 60? Yeah. I, just, I don't know. I've had a look at the, the weather. So sunny, sunny, sunny in Sydney all week. Uh, similar to up here as well. So, won't be any wet weather business. Dry track, surely this is a could be an bl- absolute bloodbath here. Uh, for the Roosters, they've got a couple of changes for them. Uh, had to, I did this around the wrong way. Lucky you were there to correct me on it. But it's Daniel Tupo coming back for the injured Madokavalu. So, replacing one great player with another um, origin rep, I think he is. So, he is. standard Roosters. And another origin rep, uh, big 
Cordner coming back in. I actually forgot his first name. Yeah, <laughs> Boyd. It's been that long since I've uh, spoken about him. But Boyd Cordner back into the starting side. Daniel Fafita out. And the only other shuffling around is Nat Butcher back to the bench. So anyone that might have potted up with him uh, while he was getting some starting spots with Boyd out uh, probably moves him on this week. So, yeah, I mean, the Chooks are, are getting stronger by the week. They're still running a um, pretty rookie sort of halves. Not a rookie, but you've got Flanagan there. Um, yeah, I can't remember the other guy's name. The other, I'm having a good uh, one Hutchinson. here. <laughs> That's <Drew> the <Hutchinson>. one. <laughs> That's the one. They've been serviceable enough. They were very good last week as well. You've got Teddy, um, still a bit quiet, but raring to go. BMOS, the Mos- Morris twins are back. Um, yeah, it's just looking like more of the same for the Roosters after um, still winning games, but not necessarily going great guns. And- That's exactly right, mate. The Roosters have had a real tough run. They've been you know absolutely devastated with injury and they're still winning games and they're just going to get stronger running into the finals it's going to be a really um you know a lot of teams are going to run into a a wall i think come finals time Oh, you got Angus Crichton coming back, Luke Keary uh, down the track as well. Like, it's still just a monster proposition for anyone there. And speaking of propositions for them this week, the Broncos. Um, wow. Is, who even put the team list out this week? I don't know, mate. It's It, it looks like they've got their reserve grade side come in and just, get, as I said at the start of the pod, get those young kids a run. Right. Beryl at, rece- at reception, she uh, made sure to get it in by four o'clock. So, good on you, Beryl. This is where Sullivan's <laughs> putting aside and she's given her, her youngster a run. <laughs> I'd say it's more Brody Croft's mother <laughs> getting him on the, uh, on the interchange there. But, um, yeah, as you said, O'Sullivan into uh, the halves there for the injured Milford and Brody Croft gets a reprieve on the extendeds there. And Isaac Luke, what a shock suspended. Uh, mm. so he's back one week and out the other. So what a great mid-season pickup he's been for them. Uh, he's replaced by Corey Pakes at starting hooker there. So, I mean, you look at these two sides and it's just uh, David versus Goliath. With all that's going on at the Broncos, this just points in every conceivable fashion to a bloodbath and a 60-plus, whatever it could be. So is it just a case of getting on as many roosters as you possibly can this week? There's there's a fair few of them that might be uh, super coach relevant. Yeah, I, know, I say, and I know a lot of people are bringing in Brett Morris, and he, it could be the buy of the week. It really could. He could, you know, I think last time he played them, he played fullback with Teddy not there. Um, he missed that week, and Brett Morris played fullback for 114, so... As you said, the Roosters are getting stronger, and even from that game last time, Tedesco's in this time. It's going to be, it's going to be ugly. Look away, Broncos fans. Just go, go do something else. Take the misses out to the movies or something. Just... Oh boy, yep. Friday, uh, be anywhere, anywhere but in front of the TV for this one, mate. My uh, boom for this game, Bmos, um, just because it's another one where I'm just going to be terrified as a non-owner of what could go uh, for him here. It just looks like an absolute. It has ton written all over it. He's got four of them so far this year. So I see more of the same for him. And Katoni Stags, the bust here. Um, just having a quick look back at his scores. He's been a bit rocks and diamonds, has a, a good week. Uh, last week, obviously, that pretty fantastic try down the uh, the touchline there, the GI Fend. Uh, everything looked like it was falling into place, but um, yeah, just not to be for them and could be a, a down week for he's more of a pod at this stage of the year but um yeah katoni stags might bust for this week probably a 30 odd what do you reckon mate yeah i love it it's say it's it i pretty much have followed suit i've got joey manu as a boom so if bmos has a big game i think manu is going to be feeding him on that same side of the field um and my bust is the broncos i think they're going to really struggle across the park <laughs> 
Oh, they don't have Anthony Milford. It's uh, basically crisis time for them. Uh, Joey Manu, though, I mean, he's not overly spoken about much in this game. I uh, know he's he's a pot option, but just having a look at some of his, his runs leading up to this one here, he's uh, 75, 83, 76, a down week with 38 in that um, poor game against the Storm, and then bounce back to 84. Quite little achiever here. Um, would you be recommending him as a buy? I know we're talking about... Um, Possible guns in the run home, mentioning Mansour and uh, BMOS, even Nofo, those sort of guys. But Joey Manu, has he finally turned the corner in, in Supercoach at centre? Uh, potentially. I mean, he's been playing centre all year, um, and that's his spot. He had that one game in, at fullback where he scored a 94 um, going back against the Dragons in round seven, I think it was. Um but, yeah, averaging 53 and just quietly floating around that. But he's really picked it up the last few weeks, as you said. Um, just a tick over 500. You know, there are far worse options to finish the year. Um, they get a couple of, of nice games. Um, well, they got Broncos and then Raiders and Knights and Sharks. Um, yeah, it might they- just be um, coinciding with his, his try scoring form. So at the start of the season, he hit one try in his first what is it, 10 rounds, and then after that he's hit try, try, double, uh, try. Like it's it's uh, definitely been Manu's last couple of months, so interesting shout there. Um, all righty, so that's a couple of uh, oh, great games on the Friday night. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and run through the last, well, the Saturday games and the Sunday before we chat through Taumalolo trade-outs this week. Alrighty, back to finish out the game by games with the Saturday and Sunday ones here. Uh, your boys, the Warriors, well, not the Warriors, the Knights <laughs> coming up against the Warriors. Um, the Warriors are everybody's boys this year, mate. There's still a chance. That's uh, Anton Poser, our, our good mate on Twitter's uh, crunching the numbers, just needs the Sharks to fall over, and they've got a relatively tough draw. Warriors got some winnable games in the upcoming month and a bit. So, yeah, it could be a great watch. I hope for, I guess, the competition's sake. It's a, a tight race to the finish. But, um, yeah, could be if they don't get the chocolates this week and the Sharks do against my boys, then, uh, yeah, the, the road to the finals gets a bit tougher. Anyway, man, Warriors and Knights, what's happening for both of them? Um, pretty minor changes for both sides. Um, CHT returns after he had a HIA or a concussion last week, I believe. So he's back in. Paul Turner drops out after debuting. He played really well, um, almost scored a couple of times. So really good game. Um, led the boys to a win over the dogs. And um, Katoa comes back in again also um, from suspension and replaces Papali, uh, who drops out of the side. Uh, for the Knights... Um, Blake Green, just ACL. Uh, it's going to be really tough for him to get back. He's 33 now and doesn't have a contract next year and he's just done his ACL. So this might be the end of Blake Green, unfortunately. It's a horrible way for him to go out. Um, but that's his Mason Lino, the Knights, something like 15th, 5'8", come in for the season. So um, <laughs> that's the only change. For, for us after a win against your boys last week. A couple of questions for you, mate. Knights Guru. Uh, firstly, Lino coming in, is he taking the goal kicking? You'd think so. He's got a far better clip than Ponga, and Ponga's been um, struggling a little bit lately. Uh, Mr. Uh, I think he only potted two from four or five last week, so um, really struggling with the boot. So I, I would be surprised if Lino doesn't take the tee off him, which limits Ponga a little bit. Um yeah, I don't love it. Hmm. Might just 
make people reconsider any captaincy options, I guess, in the run home, unless he's got a really easy sort of opponent for that week. But um, definitely look to be favouring Teddy this week. Uh, if, yeah, just on Teddy's matchup, and I guess Ponga losing the, the kicking boot doesn't help. And secondly, and a guy that we'll talk a little bit more about as the, the pod goes on, but Mitch Barnett, uh, he's been your boy for a couple of weeks now, but a lot of love over his uh, last month or so, particularly last game against the boys, the cows. Um, Minutes-wise, he's been going pretty big, around 70-odd, and even the, the last couple of weeks getting 80. Uh, with all the, the rotation, there's not much being changed to the Fords here. So is it possible that we continue to see Mitch Barnett hit 80s, or is it still a 70, which, you know, not the end of the world and still pretty bloody good? Yeah, I think 80 is kind of – it's not his ceiling. If he crosses the line, he's going big with a ton. Um, that's the kind of guy he is, and we've seen that happen in the past. But 80 is, uh, I guess, his base ceiling. Um, I, You know, he'll Sorry, throw it around. 80 minutes. 80 minutes on me. Oh, you're talking about minutes. Yeah, no, I, mm. I don't think he'll be seeing 80 once the troops start coming back. You've got Sione Katoa coming in. He'll steal a few minutes here and there. Um, and Sione Katoa. Uh, sorry, what's his name? Sione Matautia. My apologies. Um, yeah, Matautia, he'll be back once he's healthy. And Dan Safidi. So, a couple of big names in the pack coming in and they should um, reduce his minutes. But I still say he'd be getting 70, um, 70 minutes a game. Okay. No, that's interesting. Not the end of the world, particularly this week. It doesn't seem to impact him. So, um, yeah, wouldn't be. No, and uh, so we were talking about this a little bit off air. For the season, he, he started, the night started against the Warriors in round one, and it was played in torrential rain. Um, so he had a down game in that one. He got hurt the very next week and missed a few weeks after that, and then returned off the bench. Um, and he's still going at 1 ppm for the season. So if he's getting 70 minutes a game, he's punching out 70 points, which is, is awesome. Oh, good stuff, mate. Boom and bust, who have you got? Yeah, for my boom. Um, sorry, just bring this up. I've got Dave Clemmer. He's been on a tear lately um, leading the pack. So I think he has another big game against the Warriors. He had a huge game in round one, and I, he's going to double up. Um, and RTS has my bust. He had a big game last week, uh, as I thought he would, against the Doggies. But this is a little bit of a tougher proposition, and I think he falls back away again. The mighty Newcastle Knights, say 12 nil winners, and they're much tougher proposition. We, we kept just to a donut, mate. When was the last time that happened? <laughs> mate, 2014, I think it was. Or some, no, it was uh, some ridiculous amount of time. We actually won the record for most games without, can, without not scoring. So I think I read the stat during the week, and, of course, we then go on to... Yep. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, it had to be. But anyway, no, fair call. Knights are a little stingier in defense. Uh, boom for this week, my boy. Well, not my boy, your boy. Uh, maybe my boy later on, Jazz Tabunga. Uh, mentioned that he, I reckon he'll outscore Tohu for the rest of the year. And um, yeah, I think he'll enjoy this uh, little little game. I think it's three o'clock there. So good uh, afternoon game for him. So I reckon he'll be at his tackle busting offloading best. And my bust, just because I hate him, Callum Ponga. No reason. <laughs> He's been. He's going to be a bust every week, isn't it? <laughs> well, it didn't work last week, but I mean, he was playing the boys, so it was reverse psychology for my own team. So, reverse psychology for my super coach team here. Um, speaking of my team, Sharks and Cowboys coming up after this one here. 
ins for the Sharkies. SJ, big back for him, for them. A lot of people traded him out last week, including myself. So they saw um, if you had a trade up your sleeve, SJ out um, might have stung you if you didn't have a replacement. So a lot of people went SJ to maybe it was Brimson or one of the bunnies. Like it's a big call. But now it's it's the awkward thing because I can't bring him back in. I can, but um, Brimson killed it. So what do you do? Who else you got? I have Cam Munster and AJ and Nathan Cleary and big Brocky Lamb rounding out the uh, the four there. So um, there's almost just too many other areas on the field, like second row and fullback hooker, like you need probably should be running two players in. So it's a, it's tough to field um, a gun-filled halves pack this, this week or this year, I should say. It's just, yeah, now that I've made that call to Brimson and he's done quite well last week, I miss out on SJ for this this one against the, the Cows, which could be... Could be a pretty massive one. So, uh, presumably, you're an SJ owner who held? Well, yeah, I had to. Um, the way it worked out for me is my backup for SJ, and I did it on purpose, is I've got Dylan Brown. So, he can be played in either the halfback or 5'8", um, so I can move him up and down to cover both Cleary and SJ. Unfortunately, the Eels played on Thursday night, so he was locked in <laughs> as an yeah. Um so, yeah, I had to hold SJ and just play Milford, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, great 25 points. Really strong shine by yep. Milford. Great. And the other big in for the Sharkies here, Britt Nakora back after, a, I guess, a little uh, departure from the side. He was on the extended reserves for a few weeks. Uh, might be form-related, that one. But he's now back. Um, Matt Moylan and Trindle are out of the side. I didn't see, I assume, for Moylan it might be a, a resting of, of sorts. Not sure what the go is there. Not sure that he's too relevant. But um, the big one there, uh, Nakora in, Talakai to the bench. It's absolute stinger for anyone that picked up Talakai over the last few weeks or so. I was looking at him last week as well. He was ticking all the right boxes, but everyone was saying he could still be in a, a risk with Nakora there. We just weren't sure what was going and uh, worst case scenario. Is there any, um, would you be playing Talakai or is it that bad being pushed to the bench that you just think get rid of Talakai now, bring in a a better, more secure center wing? Yeah, it's hard to see where his minutes come from with Nakora, who is an 80-minute player, Wade Graham, who's an 80-minute player. Um, Williams and Toby Rudolph are doing that dance in the lock position, so... I don't know where he's going to get the minutes. I'm assuming he's going to go um, just play a bit part from now. So I wouldn't be playing him if, if I had him. Are you an owner? No. So I picked up um, Brian Kelly over him last week, which <laughs> at the end of the day actually worked out okay. Well, um, but yeah, with a break even of 23. <laughs> break even of 23. So the worst case, you hold him for a week, see what he does off the bench, and then flick him on after a, a little bit of cash, you'd imagine. Uh, next week if you've got more pressing trades. But um, tough one there because now Nakora's back and it's it's really ruined him. So anyway, uh, the cows, my boys, um, fair few injuries. Obviously, Robson gone for the year and Taumalolo three weeks. Uh, Hamizo's gone as well. He's been uh, picked up a calf strain but um, conveniently uh, rested for this one. And Benny Hampton, Henny Hampton, can't, uh, can't jag the starting half spot any longer with Val Holmes back. He's on the wing. Uh, Drinkwater holding down that fullback spot. Dijan, the mustard Arzi, he gets another spot in the starting 
pack. He's at number six there. Murray Talongi, he's he's back on the park as well as Tom Gilbert onto the bench there. So outside of there's not too much super coach relevant there. Uh, Val Holmes, if he continues to have some quiet games on the wing, could be an option for next year. We did talk about we're looking at some of us are looking at 2021. Um, but the big one there, obviously Tamalolo gone, so fair few minutes start to free up in that pack. Uh, Frank Mollo comes into the starting spot, but Josh McGuire has been named at the lock position. I know we'll talk a little bit about him at the, the Taumalolo possible trade-outs, but does that do anything for you, Josh McGuire at lock? Um, yes-ish. I mean, he's been playing prop anyway, so they're very similar type games um, between the two positions, but he might just be a bit more involved on the offensive side. Um, who knows? He's been playing really well all year. Super coach wise, anyway. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, did I lose you? Yeah. yeah, I'm here. I'm back. What's going on? I think it's that Ipswich uh, internet playing up again. No, uh, yeah, fair call on Maguire. I think uh, doesn't really change much with his role there, and I think um, he's just meat and potatoes. You might as well just get Aiden Bloody Tolman in, if only. But the fact that Maguire's at second row might be interesting. People, um, but yeah, interesting play ahead. Boom for this game for me, mate. SJ, I think uh, the week's rest effectively will uh, do him a world of good and we do not look like much chop. And my bust, maybe reverse psychology this one, Morgo. Um, forever in my boom list. For once, I'll put him in the busts and uh, see how that goes for both him and the side. What do you reckon? Yeah, why not? Let's say you've um, reverse psychology has worked so well for you the last couple of weeks. Uh, I'm going with Britain Nakora as a boom um, with SJ feeding him. For a, um, to get that confidence back. And then um, Val Holmes, his first game back, he's out in the wing. He's in for a bus game. No, fair call. Don't see much wrong with either of those there. Panthers and Tigers uh, should be an interesting one. Tigers had a horrible game this season, might be virtually done and dusted, while the Panthers... We're going from strength to strength. Now have to deal with a couple of injuries and outs. So firstly, the ins. Brian Toto is back. He's on the wing there, pushing uh, Brent Naden in at centre. Billy Burns comes in to replace uh, Dane Laurie on the bench there. And Mitch Kenny is the one that fills in for Appy Coruscant. Coruscant gone for one to two weeks with a calf strain, grade one, so not too serious. And Billy Kickhouse suspended for a week, frees up um, Moses Leota to come in at prop there, pushing um, an interesting shuffle here. You got JFH going to lock and then Isaiah Yo going to an edge. Um, I know a lot of people own Isaiah Yo, so personally just thinking uh, running with the pack anyway, that doesn't really bother me. But um, if you were trying to play cute, would an Isaiah Yo shift to uh, second row? Yeah, uh, may mean he's more of a, a candidate to maybe rest this week. Yeah, I th- potentially. Um, 
we've seen Yeo playing on the edges in previous years and not do anywhere near what he's done. Um, obviously, he's had a career year this year, um, but edge doesn't sort of suit that same work rate for him. But, I mean, the way that the Panthers are going, they could just be feeding him and he could be running through wide open holes out, out wide. So uh, it's an interesting one, if nothing else. Um, JFH at law. I don't really see... Oh, they're all just covering kick out, aren't they? Yeah. So it's yep. yeah, it's a it's a it's an interesting one. They don't really lose much, I don't think. No. Yeah, I mean it's a one week thing and like everyone's got him. So I think you just whatever he gets, everyone's gonna get. So at the end of the day it's not too huge a move. Um interested to see what JFH does there. We know Leota's not a, a big minute player, so it could be a big week for him. And the Tigers, uh, a big in for them. Harry Grant, he's finally back uh, after that knee injury midway through the year. Tom McKayley back as well for them for the injured or suspended, I should say. Obviously suspended. It's Russell Packer. <laughs> Why would it be anything else? Unless he's hurt his and- um chopping somebody's head off. <laughs> Jesus. And Josh Reynolds, he's gone from the side as well. He's on the extended. Uh, Alex Twelve shifts to the lock. Matt Eisenhuth back to the bench. And you've still got uh, Jacob Little there as well. So Harry Grant stays at a, as an 80-minute hooker look done and dusted uh, with Little floating around there. So basically, I mean, it's, it's nice to see Grant back for the Tigers, but um, super coach relevant or not? No, I, I don't think so. As I said last week, I wouldn't be surprised to see them splitting minutes, uh, Grant and Little, uh, with Grant heading back to Melbourne next year and Little being the hooker of the future at the Tigers. They'll be trying to get some game under into him. Um, so, yeah, I think Grant's pretty much done. Boom and a bust. Um, I'm backing my call from earlier in the pod. Mansell is going to boom again this week. I think I called him last week and he did okay. And um, Jerome Luai as the bust. For whatever reason, I don't know why I've picked that name out of thin air. Um, they play on the same side of the field. You think if Mansell goes well, Luai will go well, but we'll see what happens. Oh, there you go. Someone will be cutting out poor Jerome Luai. Nathan Cleary will just get the stats because apparently that's just all he kicking, does. So. Kicking cross field to the shortest man in on the wing. <laughs> There you go. Well, it is the Tigers, and he is up against Norfolk, who's prone to a few uh, dumb things. So it should be a great little battle out there. I like it. Uh, my bust, uh, so I should say my boom, is uh, Nathan Cleary. I reckon just set and forget. I've tried to yeah pick a, a down week for him. It doesn't work. So jumping on board, Nathan Cleary to have a big one here. He's and the, the, the bust for the week. Yeah, Mr. Unicorn himself, that's it. He, uh yeah, well, it just needs to basically sneeze in the direction of the try and he gets given the, the, the assist. But anyhow, it's only scoring. And Isaiah Yo is my bust for the week. I reckon that shift to the edge might just uh, stifle him a little bit. So not a not ridiculously low score, but maybe a 50 or so, which at the end of the day is not the end of the world in centre wing. Storm and Manly, mate, what's happening? It should be a, normally we'd say a, an absolutely massive matchup, both teams that hate each other, but after some pretty contrasting last weeks, uh, what do you reckon for for this one here? What do you see happening? Well, it's it's a bit of a contrasting team list too. Um, the Storm are getting back some huge names in Double cams. Smith and Munster are back. Jerome Hughes is back. Jesse Bromwich is back. Marion Seve is back. They're getting three quarters of their starting side back in this week. Um, uh, Tino F drops from lock onto the bench. Um, Nelson is playing lock, which I, it's a bit of a strange one to me. Um, He's been coming off the bench a lot this year, but he's been named in the lock position this week. Whether that changes on game day, don't know. Um, 
for the out Brennan Smith jaw, broken jaw, that was a, a bit of a a strange hit that's broken his jaw. It was a bit of a swinging arm, but not much to it. K. Brom has done his calf, and um, Jax, Johns, and Vete are all out. For Manly, in comes Snake Tongue Thompson, and out goes Silly. <laughs> Uh, a bit of a shuffle there. Garrett goes to the wing. Funa at fullback after taking out Alex Johnson last week. And Marty Tapao starting, which I thought was a bit of a mistake on Desi's part, putting him back at the bench. They need that big man from the get-go. So hopefully he stays there. Yeah. It was a, it was a definite um, interesting game for him. He had, uh, was it AFB returning on the bench last week as well for Manly? Like um, They've been dying, I think, desperate to have some staunch front rowers coming on for them so hopefully the uh to power being back there can can lift them a little bit into this one here but i don't know with all those ins for the storm um it, i don't know i can see this one turning into a bit of a bloodbath uh sunny coast let me just check the weather for that but um there's a lot of potential options here but do you reckon it's a risk that maybe the storm have rushed back uh maybe not cam smith who was due back this week but Cam Munster, um, Jerome Hughes even as well. Do you think um, they could be a little bit underdone? Is that one of the risks? Well, maybe. Um, Hughes, I think, he was named last week and they sort of just rested him um, with a minor issue. So I don't think there's too much concern with Hughes coming back. Munster might be pushing it a little bit um, and maybe he only plays a bit part of the game if they get up by enough. But... um, after their loss last week, they'll be wanting to come get these guys back in and and play or get a win under their belt so they can secure a top four finish heading into the final. So it, it could just be a, a case of we'll, we'll win now and rest these guys leading into the finals or um, we're just trying to get some runs in their legs after a few weeks out. Yeah. I mean, it's a tough one because I'm looking at, I've brought in Cam Smith this week, um, playing Cam Munster and that as well, on the presumption that Manly are going to turn up the way that they did last week. But I mean, Des has the coach sides. He can get them up at the, you know, the, uh, for any old game. No idea what happened last week, but against the Storm uh, side that everyone's favoring, it's this backs to the wall sort of Manly game. Yeah. So that's that's concerning me a little bit here from a, a guy that owns quite a few Storm players. Josh Adokar as well is one that I've got floating there. So um, if they don't go to town, it could be, um, yeah, doing a, doing a little tough there late in the week. But um, does that lend itself into some surprising boom busts from you, mate? Yeah, no, not really. I think um, just trying to locate them now. My boom is Smith and my bust is Munster for those reasons we just spoke about. Um, if, you know, the Storm come out and put a number on Manly, Smith's going to be right at the thick of things and he's kick- he should be kicking goals, you would assume, that he's back in the side and he's healthy. It was his arm that was injured, so it won't have any dramas uh, with the kicking tee. Um, and with Munster back, I don't think he'll be pushing himself on that busted knee. If he's come back too early, he might just be taking it easy um, and making sure he gets through the game. So that was my thinking there. Interesting. I don't know if it'll almost be a pod play playing Munster. I know a lot of people flicked him on uh, over the last couple of weeks. So, And having him back as well with that, that injury could... Um, could persuade a few people to leave him on the bench. So just for the fact I would hate to be watching this and see the Storm go 
on an absolute tear and Munster be at the forefront of it, uh, I'd have to play him, even though I've got some doubts. But anyway, we'll see. Fingers crossed. Uh, boom for this one. I've got Josh Adokar. I reckon um, could be fed some pretty quality ball. They had some awful defense on the wings there last week. Although Tavita Foon is back at fullback, so I don't, know, don't throw a pass again, champion. And um, I mean, Ruben Garrick on the wing there. We'll, we'll see. He's, it's his probably preferred position. But um, Adokar could be lining up for a couple of meaties, which would push him into uh, his bigger sort of scoring range. And the the bus for this one, DCE. I uh, just think the, the Storm will swamp him all game. He won't be able to bus tackles and break lines like he can normally do. He was pretty solid last week in a well-beaten side, but um, could be a down one for him. Uh, probably a, a week to jump off or look at jumping off, given uh, the possible return of Turbo over the coming weeks, which could uh, also stifle him. So DC probably in for a down one for mine. In the last game of the round, we're back to 6.31, so the Sunday pod uh, should be a little later for me this week, which is good because I've got a, a massive day on the golf course, 36 holes on Saturday with uh, Wen and Benny G, Shockey, or podcast regulars. Um, do you see me waking up in time for this one, mate? 6.30 p.m., it's a, it's a fair gap. Uh, are you driving the booze bus? I certainly am not. We are parking the cars well and truly away from Ashgrove and uh, getting a, an Uber home and being responsible adults. As you are prone to do. So, yeah, no, it should be – set an alarm. I'd go set an alarm right now and I'll give you a bell <laughs> at about 6 o'clock. Make sure you get up and done. Uh, made of stern stuff, mate. Well experienced in this stuff. Uh, yeah, 6.30 later in the week. Raiders, one debut for them this week. Uh, Matty Timoko comes onto the bench in number 17. Uh, the only other out, and I didn't realise this, Corey Harawira at Naira. Uh, contractually not able to play this one against the Dogs, his former club. So he steps out. A couple of shuffles around uh, Papa, Dynamis, Louis and Hudson Young last week were ro- rotated to the bench. Uh, this week they're back in the starting spot. Joe Tarpanay and Ryan Sutton uh, benched for them. So uh, shuffling around, just keeping some uh, fresh legs there. Owners of Papa would be glad to see him back. He did all right last week, but um, always good to see him in the starting spot there. And for the Dogs, well, I mean, there's a hell of a lot of changes. I don't think it's even worth going through them because they're not overly super coach relevant, but uh, I'll list them anyway. DWZ Montoya, uh, Lock and Lewis, still and Napa back. Uh, Luke Thompson rested. I don't know why he's getting rested. He's played about three or something games all year. Jack Avrillo, Suasa Su, they've both been dropped. And so have Tim Laffey, Remus Smith, and Jack Cogger. So they're all on the extended bench. Uh, who we got? Matt Dory. He was a – people had picked him up last week as a, a cheapie on his second game. I don't know why you're doing that at this stage of the year, but he's been benched. And Aiden Tolan, big toll pod, is at lock. So, again, absolutely nothing doing for them there. But, mate, we talked about this last week. Uh, <laughs> my boy, I've got a lot of boys. Will Hopawati, he was making his return. And uh, like he never left, it was just – yeah, he was on a tear, he scored a try, he went pretty large, 85 in the end uh, against the Warriors there. I'd been That's worried about it. That's huge for a thought, dogs player, mate. That's absolutely um, massive for a dogs player. It's, it's one of those ones I could have gone him or um, Mansour, whoever it was, landed on Kelly, but uh, live and learn. But, you know, watching that one, we talked about Joey Marder as being a left field-ish option. Is uh, Will Hopawadi in that similar vein? I think Will Hopwadi is a lot safer than these other options. He's, he doesn't rely on the tries to get a solid game. He's going to pump you out 50s, um, even on a sort of dull week. So, yeah, he, he is a good option, I think, if you've, if you've got some boom or bust players already and you want someone safer just to anchor your side. Yeah, I mean, looking at his scores at fullback, he had a, a 56 against uh, the Roosters when he, he first tried there, and that was a game where the, 
that was Teddy's 200 yeah, or whatever yeah, it was nearly. Sword. Yeah, unreal. Uh, 80 then against the Sharks, obviously an injury-affected game, two points against the Tigers in five minutes, and then bounced straight back into it with an 85 last week. So the run, uh, and he had a 71 in round four as well against the Dragons, I think, playing at centers. But, yeah, just been pumping out some massive scores without the injury. That's a, a fantastic um, three-round average. So at uh, 463K... Uh, playing at fullback, I mean, I know the dogs aren't anything flash. Raiders, Titans, Manly, South, Panthers to finish. Bit of a mixed bag there. But um, I don't know, Hopawati, at that price, if you're, you're trying to you know, be a bit savvy with your cash, could go a lot worse. Yeah, and he'll be a definite pod for you. What's he? Um, 1%. 1%, there you go. So there won't be too many people. He's not that sexy option, mm. so not a lot of people are going to grab him over a, a Sivo or a Mansour or someone of the like or a Bet Morris sort of thing. But you could save yourself a hundred or a couple hundred K and, and get similar scores on the way home. Yeah, exactly right. And if, um, you know, he's, he's prone to a massive game now and again, like he can go pretty large, 120, 130 with a, a couple of tries. So uh, throughout those uh, the weeks that I listed off, he scored two tries in that run, set up a couple as well. So he hasn't been pumping out massive, massively inflated attacking stats or anything like that. It's been solid runs from the back, a um, few offloads, busts, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, very, very interesting play. Sort of kicking myself, but um, oh well, well, we'll live and learn. Um, mate, bust and a boom for this one here. Who do you got? I've got Rapana as a boom, um, playing on the right wing against that dog's edge defense. Um, wingers score a clip of 70 sorry I'm just bringing it up from my spreadsheet 72.5 points per game against the dogs left edge defense so Rapana could be in for a massive one Um, and on the other side of the field Kotrick is my bust the left wingers are scoring 49.6 points per game yeah, interesting. Um, Kotrick obviously had a, a pretty good couple of weeks as well, but Rapana fallen away. So you reckon in the the lottery that is the Raiders' back line, it's it's their turn, not Croker. No, I mean it seems to be Croker just goes missing because I brought him in, so obviously he's not going to score well. Um, but similar sort of thing. Croker's had a good run against the Dogs um, over the years, but um, left centers are scoring at forty six point five against the team, so. Yeah, it's it's more a, a right edge attack that's going to put him to the sword. Very interesting one there, mate. My boom for this week is going to be Johnny Bateman. I think um, the Bulldogs almost had him for, for next year. It was a bit of a back and forth there, but just missed out on him in the end. Uh, interested to see how he shows them what, uh, what, what could have been. But I think Bateman was very quiet last week against the Titans. Um, a lot of tries scored in that one, so didn't have as many base stats and that kind of thing, and they defended okay on him. But, um, yeah, against the Bulldogs, that edge there, you could be um, in for at least a try assist, maybe a try, that kind of thing. So it could be an attacking stat game from him, which will push him up to the 80 or 90 mark, hopefully. And bust, um, just because when and it actually made him happy and this will make him sad, uh, Jack White, <laughs> hopefully, uh, <laughs> kind, of, kind of a happy when and it's an annoying when it. Um, yeah, Jack White, and he had a massive game against the Titans. He did also at the start of the year as well and then proceeded to come out and have a terrible week and, season really after that so uh jack white and back to normal things that's uh that's my bust for the week all righty mate we've got to the well, almost the end Talmalolo. uh there's nothing else really to talk about outside of this guy because he's so highly owned um 
firstly, I guess we'll go through some of the options here, but would you be holding on to him for any reason before we go through all the trade-outs? The only reason I can see to hold on to him, um, well, I guess two reasons. You're short on trades and you need to save one or two. Um, and you've got, you know, someone you can just slip in and, and fill in for him for a week or two. Um, or you, you simply need to make more pressing trades elsewhere. Um, that's the only he reason. Will have- three weeks. No, I was going to say three weeks at this stage of the year. Um, that's too long to have him sit 600K sitting on your bench. I mean, he will have the Broncos in the final round, which the spoon bowl, the the bowl to end all spoons is going to be, uh, could be a massive game. Uh, Defence just thrown out the window. So for whatever reason, they decide to bring Lolo back for one final hurrah. Sorry, um, just going back on that, now the defence is thrown out the window between these two <laughs> <three. laughs> Yep. Don't even bother with it, Hanno. Yeah, fair enough. It it kept you guys to 12 points through our miraculous uh, last-ditch defense and sticking onto tackles and things. But I reckon textbook out the window. Let's just uh, throw it around, make our our fans smile for once. Um, But, yeah, unless, as you said, you've got to move other players around, um, would be just a pod move to hold him on. So, again, three three weeks, as you said, 600K, too much cash on the pine. All right, with that said, obvious guys, um, and these are the the top two that people are uh, sending out Lolo for, John Bateman and Ryan Madison. So, disagree? No, there's no... Surely you've got to make that move. No surprises there. Those are the two top um, second rows in the game, sort of, in, in Supercoach game, I should say, and um, yeah, zero surprises that they're the two most targeted. Okay, others in the second row forward. Uh, these are more of your pod plays we've talked about a little bit throughout the pod. Mitch Barnett, Josh McGuire, Nathan Brown. Those are the three I've got listed. Anyone else before we dive a little bit into those guys? You got Jazz Tavano as well, um, another a shorter owned guy. So um, he doesn't quite have the minutes that these guys are getting. But, yeah, he's another player that you could bring in and that he's someone you could rotate between hooker as well if you've got McInnes there. Great point. And I've uh, been shouting him all the pod. So, uh, yeah, interesting enough play there. I should probably look at that one actually. Um, a lot of people brought him in over the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks and reaping the rewards outside of one pretty down game, but um, I like it. Uh, shouldn't have forgotten him, but I did. Uh, but anyway, the three others that I've got there, I'll let you talk through Mitch Barnett because you were pretty solid on him uh, even a couple of weeks ago. You jumped ahead of the, the curve there, but a fair bit of love coming for him. Uh, what are the reasons you'd be trading him in for? Uh, he's just got a huge work rate and I guess all these guys do um, but Barnett's got an attacking game that Maguire and Nathan Brown and even Joe Tavanga don't seem to have he you know Barnett got a line break last week he goes close almost every game to getting across the, the try line um, and he's pumping out five round average of 77 at the moment um, with a 91 last week against your boys and let's um, say if he does manage to to get over at some stage, he's going to pump out a huge ton, which I don't think you know, Maguire or Nathan Brown have in them. Hmm. Only downside, I think, is what you brought up earlier and that there's some cavalry returning for you guys. So, yeah, do and Sione Katoa, for some reason, yeah. Yeah, that's right. We made a mid-season trade. We need some wingers, so we're going to get some one of the good guys in. Um, but I just you're looking at 
I was looking at his minutes and, and say so he he played seventy three in round one when everybody was healthy, sort of thing, and that was in the wet. So, um, but also I believe that was on the edge instead of at lock. Mm. Um, Herman Sasa played at lock that game, so. Mitch Barnett played big money uh, minutes out there, got hurt the next week on 31 minutes, returned in round 10 and played 48 minutes off the bench. Um, but then since playing lock, he's played 78, 71, 72, 80 and 80 the last couple of weeks. I think that'll be around 70, um, 65 to 70. It will be topping out of his minutes, at, you know, once everyone's back. But I wouldn't, you know, he has that potential to play 80. He can do it. So, um if he keeps that going for the rest of the year, you're on, you're in the money. Hmm. Yeah, sixty-two average last year, and he's been a, a decent option over the the last couple of years as well in Supercoach. So it's definitely not like he's come out of the clouds and he's just started to put a few good games together. He's he's been a, a guy we've talked about a lot over the last few years. So um, no, interesting, very interesting player, and that's who I'm leaning towards uh, after initially going and and having a look. I uh, had Nathan Brown in mind after watching his game last week against uh, the Storm. I thought he was pretty great out there, uh, just getting the hard work done. Uh, matchup proof because he just doesn't care who he's facing. So he's always going to get that um, heavy base stat involvement there. Uh, the thing about Nathan Brown that makes him a, made him an option in Supercoach is his offload and his tackle busting ability. So it's never really been the minutes. Uh, they've been sort of standard 60 or so thereabouts, the rare 80-odd game. But um, what you're really buying him for if you do go him is his offload and bust and all that. So for this season anyway, he's um, hasn't really had too many massive uh, offloading games or anything like that. But the last few weeks, he's uh, looked to, to bring it back out again. Uh, he had three of them last week against the Storm, a bust as well. Like um, It looked pretty good and I really liked his involvement. looks healthy. Um, so I was looking at him as a potential uh, option for, for Lolo there, 539k. Um, difference to Barnett is that his five round average is 66. So it's a, a little bit shorter. Um, and he, and he's not guaranteed the sort of minutes that, um, that Barnett are, that Barnett is. So on, on that end, I've, I've sort of swayed a bit more to, to Mitch Barnett, but, uh, not many people talking about Nathan Brown. Um, and I thought I was onto something. Maybe there's not the stats to back it up, but, um, any love for him? Is he, you just oh. wouldn't bother? No, I'm a big Nathan Brown fan. I love the way he plays the game. Um, but the problem with that is he's can be reckless at times. So he is a suspension risk, um, which yes. is you're rolling the dice every time you bring him in. He does have an injury in him. So you're rolling the dice every time you're bringing him in for that as well. Um, but yeah, he, he gets through the work. He just, as you said, he doesn't care who's in front of him. He just goes through the work, does his thing. Um, and he's, you know, getting 60s for fun sort of thing. Um, and he's doing it in, you know, not huge minutes. So, yeah, I he stung me before, but he would be someone I, was look, I would look at definitely. Yeah, I mean, in terms of consistency, you did mention 60s for fun. He hasn't dipped below uh, 60 since... Uh, round 10 when he was had an injury effect of 38. Outside of that, he's been playing the odd 80-minute game and 60 minutes plus and scoring at a point per minute. Um, so, yeah, it's a, he's definitely been a model of consistency. May not have the high f- ceiling that um, a Barnett could if he you know, gets those attacking stats. 
high score of 95 so far this year against the Roosters uh, of all teams. So can do it against tough opposition. His run home is a bit mixed. He's got Warriors, Panthers, Broncos, Tigers, and obviously South this week. So nothing crazy there, but he doesn't need the, the weaker teams to go big. So he's still a guy I'm thinking about. I think I've leaned towards Barnett. That's probably where I'll go. But um, Nathan Brown, I can see some merit there. And finally, Josh McGuire. We talked about him a little bit. Um, 535K, everyone's sort of expecting him to go a bit um, – uh, bigger in terms of involvement with Lolo out, so the trade to him seems to make sense from that regard. But um, just having a look at some of his stats, he seems to go bigger without Jordan McLean there. Uh, so McLean's missed a lot of game time over this year and last with um, ongoing injuries. So without McLean this year, 79, 74, 65, and 78. They're good scores, but... Um, I don't know. I think that the minutes will probably be shared around. Maguire's not going to be a guy that all of a sudden finds massive attacking stats, anything like that. Um, it's just meat and potatoes. So on that end, probably less risk than the other two. But um, yeah, I, I just can't see a, a real big upside to him, which at this stage of the year uh, you'd need. I think if we were talking like two months ago, maybe at that price, but surely you've got to go a potential gun over a, a a solid enough player. Well, what Maguire's got going for him is he would be a huge pod um, coming in. And not many people would have him at all. So he's looking at uh, 3.1% ownership. And I don't think even, you know, he'll still get looked over um, on these trades. But as you said, he's putting out some good scores. The concern with McLean being there is... They're both in the prop rotation and they're stealing minutes off each other. But if he's moving into lock and covering Lolo for a few weeks, that's a, a another, what, 60-odd minutes old game um, that Lolo's not there to, you know. So Maguire should be getting those higher scores, uh, sorry, higher minutes again and um, potentially putting out those bigger scores. So, you know, he could be one of those swing for the fences pods that you've got. I couldn't do it. Personally, I can't stand the bloke. I'd be gouging my eyes out if he was in my team. Um, <laughs> Zing. But, yeah, he, I couldn't blame anybody grabbing him. Uh, 84. It's a high score of 84 this year against the Warriors. Um, like, I don't know. I just don't see a lot of upside there. Yes, he'll, he'll you know, go respectable, 60, 70 or whatever with that points per minute game. But he's not going to get all of a sudden a massive uplift in minutes. He's been already hitting the hour or so, Mark. So... I think uh, Maguire, safe but boring. I wouldn't wouldn't bother. And speaking of not boring, mate, we'll go through some of the um, not necessarily second row forwards, but given flexibility in sides this year, people can make these sort of trades, and they are having a look at some of the trade-ins for this week. Um, firstly, moving some players around to fit these guys in for Lolo's cash. Firstly, BMOS, and then we've I've seen some people do Cam Smith, obviously, to their trading. Damien Cook as well. He's on the list there. Is there anyone else that you can see absolute gun people must get around the traps there that they need to shuffle some players around? BMOS, interesting one. Is there anyone else? Brent Morris is a really interesting one for this week, particularly against the Broncos. Yep. We spoke about it before. Um, and he's been on just on fire this year. Um, I'm not sure what other flexibility you'd have and, and who you could get. I had considered going. Um, as I said, I'm, I'm looking at Mansell for that his run home, um, so that, similar to Brett Morris, if you've got that flexibility in the centre wing. Like, that's the beauty of Isaiah Yeah, You can move him up to your bench in the, in the second row for a couple of weeks if need be and get someone down there. But um, 
to replace Lolo, who's going to just, he's a solid, you know, what is he, 65, 70, 75 scorer each week, safe as houses. I think you'd be looking at someone else, so, you know, similar vein. So you're looking at your, your second row or front rowers, and I don't think there's too many better than the guys we've already spoken about. Yeah, just think like Payne Haas back next week. So a lot of people running maybe Clemmer or Papali and Carrigan up in that front row spot. So potentially you flip Carrigan down, you can run with, with basically three strong second row forwards if you've already got Bateman and Maddo. So potentially you uh, like it's a um, good play to go a guy like Bmos because I think of a guy, and I talked about Nofo in this vein throughout the year, he's just a guy you don't want to come up against in either head-to-head or when you're like everyone else in the comp has him. So I reckon a guy like Bmos, I am going to hate coming up against in head-to-head finals, which start from next week. And I don't know, it could be a, a great value pod, you know, a really side that's good. gearing up for a big run. And as you said, we've got a lot of great second row forwards this year. Um, you've got Angus Crichton coming back, hopefully next week, possibly the week after. So going in a different um, different direction, a different position, it could leave you a spot free to bring in someone like that when everybody else has tapped out their funds or their um, their positions, uh, you know, to the fullest and they can't. And so you've got a leg up there. I'm just looking at a Crichton. He's got 3.4% ownership at the moment. So if he does return and you're able to swing him back in, you you could be getting a leg up. But um, does Sonny Bill affect him? <laughs> Oh, I've forgotten all about that guy. Wow. Yeah. Uh, is he an option? Is that what you're saying? No, I, I don't know. He's 280K, second row forward only. No. It's, um, it's interesting. He'll uh, have some stints off the bench, you'd, you'd imagine. Yeah, exactly right. Mm. The old sombrero out to uh, to work. It's magic again. All right, mate. I think that's uh, anything. Any last words of wisdom from Lakey? Um Throw on some darts at the the back end of the year, but um, anything else you wanted to chat before we uh, call this one off? No, I don't think so. I think we covered most of it. Um, obviously, if you've got any other questions for us, shoot them in the comments or hit us up on Twitter. Um, JT can share his, and but I'm at DLake631, so we're always happy to help. Um, not that you should be getting my advice, but maybe do the opposite. Mate, what would Lakey do? It's a very important um, question. It's kind of like what would Stasi gonna? What's he gonna do with his draft side? Because he was the kiss of death for a while there. But, exactly. Um, sometimes right. it's and, just and NFL starts in two weeks too, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, I've got. I've signed up to that. I'll have to uh, start paying attention. Move from one fantasy league to the other. How much does the better half love it? All right, mate. Thank you very much for joining me again. I know it's a uh, it's a tough one when when your, your season might not be going great. But uh, you haven't even mentioned last week's uh, game that much and the stake bet that you've mathematically won now. But uh, I don't know. Should I? I haven't left you uh, singing me off in the podcast for a little while there. So if I can um, let you go with maybe what's the Knights theme song? I don't hear it. Do you know it? I don't off the top of my head, actually. It's funny, you don't hear a lot of the, hey, mate, I've been following her for a long time and I haven't heard it that often. Oh, how about we just end it then with the uh, the song that I, the incorrect intro song that I played at the start of the pod that only you and I heard. We'll give it to everyone else here to hear. Thank you very much, Lakey. Catch you next time, mate. No worries. Catch you.
Anyone still listening, I know you absolutely love that banger and so do I. Yeehaw. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.